Welcome to the Power Play Podcast, where international cricketer Kyron Powell and marketing genius Jordan Shannon join forces, bringing you captivating conversations with the biggest players in cricket and business. Join us as we dive into the lives of current stars in the cricketing world, the legends before them, and those extraordinary icons whose performances changed the game in both cricket and business. Exploring journeys both on and off the pitch, the boardroom, and everything in between. Get ready for an exhilarating blend of cricket, life, and business insights with two insatiably passionate, infuriatingly no-holds-barred hosts who, unfortunately for the rest of us, live and breathe this stuff for a living. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the Power Play podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Kyron Powell. How are you, Kai? I'm good, Jordan. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, To be honest with you, there's no other place to start today with... um, the game, the game between Australia and Afghanistan and arguably um, one of the greatest, well, World Cup innings, but also one day international innings has, has, just, just, has just taken place. So what are your thoughts? I think the only other limited overs innings, well, let, let me not say limited overs, the only other 50 over innings that I think can be compared to that is Viv Richards' 189. Um, when Michael Holden mm-hmm. sort of did a Pat Cummins and just held the other end. Yeah. Um, obviously, that is way before my vintage. Yeah. Um, but in terms of just knowing cricket and history and stuff, there's nothing that, no, there's nothing that comes to mind. I think it's single-handed. It's definitely the best innings I've ever seen yeah. in a one-day match. And I've I've seen some some pretty special things. But just the position of the game, I think Maxwell came in at like sort of 46 for four or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it got to even dire straits at 90 for seven. Yeah. So um, literally to do that on one leg and then no legs and like a failing body, 201. Jesus. No, no, absolutely phenomenal. It is. It was, it was phenomenal to watch. And he, he just one of them, even, even as he got to say 140, 160, I still didn't think they were, you know, it was like one of them where it's like, oh, you know, what a great effort. But you still felt like he was going to be on the losing side. It, it it was just unbelievable. And as he as he was struggling and he kept struggling, I was just like, "This is just unbelievable." Look, he, he you could sense that he had a sense for the moment as well because, like, yeah. obviously, after he got dropped that second time, it's it's like he sort of just well seems to be more dead. Yeah, and he just started hitting them, and he he just started going at ten. Tens and over, and then yeah. giving Pat Cummins the strike, and literally not even backing up Pat Cummins, dropping into gaps and yeah. taking two hard steps, and Maxwell is not not even looking at him. No. And then when when I really sense that, all right, he understands the situation is when he got to a hundred. Yeah. If you check his celebration of his hundred, it was like very muted, like in the zone, sort of. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, hundred, yeah, that's fine. Um, I've got a job to do here still. Yeah, and. I was I was thinking to myself like, surely he can't do this alone. Like he's gonna have to get Pat Cummins involved somehow. Somewhere along the line, Cummins is gonna have to get like at least fifty here. Like I mean, they still needed quite a lot. So he's gonna have to give him some strike and like trust him to, you know, hit the odd boundary here or there and rotate the strike. But did it on his own. Two hundred and one. I think 
hands down to Maxwell and couldn't be better timing. Obviously, he had a hundred or forty balls early in the World Cup yeah. and IPL auction next month. <laughs> kudos <laughs> to him. <laughs> no, no, I know. Yeah, kudos. <laughs> how how much of an impact do you think that'll have on Australia now as a team going into the semi final? Jesus, I mean, personally, I think that they've played literally the right combination today for the first time. I don't think that you can have Smith and Labuschagne playing in the same team, um, given the nature of of what's been happening in yeah. one day cricket. You need you need one anchor, but I don't think you necessarily need two. Um, so who they'll go for um, going forward is um, it's going to be interesting. But yeah. I mean, the confidence that ninety for seven. I mean, against let's let's be realistic here. Afghanistan is a proper cricketing nation. Like they yeah, yeah, know yeah. they're yeah. no minnows anymore. No. Like they, they, no. Their struggles have always been their batting, and their batting has definitely caught up. Yeah. Their bowling has never really been an issue. You look at the way their fast bowlers strung that ball tonight, yeah. reminiscent of what India's been doing throughout the tournament. And yeah. these spinners, you don't need to go no. into detail. I mean, these no. spinners are you know world class. All four three, five of them, whatever the yeah, number is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, now, I think for the Australian dressing room, this is going to make them sort of be a team on steroids. You know, what this can yeah. do for a team knowing that you can get into those positions. And they won with like three point something overs to spare. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was. In terms of, from from a Maxwell perspective, have you ever been in a situation, I'm also not comparing it to the Maxwell, but have you ever been in that situation yourself where you've been that sort of focused that whatever's going on in the game situation, you sort of forget about it and you're in you're just in that zone and you completely focus on what you've got to do or I honestly can't say that. And <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I don't know if a lot of that has to do with I mean obviously I'm an opener. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get that. In the middle order and whatnot. Yeah. But literally, honestly, I can't I can't say that I have personally. That that I mean unfortunately enough, like once there's cricket on uh, sport in general. So I'm I'm a lover of all sports. So yeah. Um, I'm so sorry for Emma, but you know, like I, I literally fall asleep. Like last night, we fell asleep with NFL on. I was watching um, the Jets against the Buffalo Bills, or some sort of NFL game. Yeah. Um, once that starts to finishes, like I roll over in my sleep and I switch to the NBA, and then <laughs> I just like sort of nod off again, and then I just switch back in time. Like I always wake up at around four o'clock for the task for these matches because it's like really early in the Caribbean. Yeah. I found these matches sad. And so, like, I was fortunate enough to see pretty much the whole game. And yeah. just just like what you said, like, I thought, oh, no, this is hell of an effort. You know, kudos yeah. to him. Like, he put up a fighting chance. Australia's net run weight won't be, yeah. like, hit too hard, et cetera, et cetera. But then he got to sort of 170. When he got to 170, like, we were sort of just getting ready to leave the hotel like not too long before practice yeah no one moved for the bus everyone was just standing there and just like is he really going to do this yeah. and today's a special day very no, special for, not just for glenn maxwell australian cricket but for cricket on a whole like yeah and and that's what i don't get about people wanting one day cricket to sort of not be played as much because it's it's ultimately the purest form of cricket when you think of it, because you have the early stages where you get sort of on good pitches, um, sort of 
re- reserve play similar to test matches, then the tempo builds up and you yeah. get the T20 um, stuff at the end. So, yeah. I mean, these middling scores of like anywhere between 250, 290, once you can produce pitches that, you know, get you those sorts of scores where there's something in it for spinners, seamers and batters. Yeah. What an amazing day for cricket this has yeah. been. Like you, yeah, you no, surely can't ask for a better game of cricket than this. You, it's going to be hard pressed to find one. No, it, no, I, I totally agree. And like you were saying before, that arguably before people would sort of put the Australia versus Afghanistan as Australia versus a minnow. Uh, and like you're saying, it, it can't be. It can't be. You know, it can't be taken like that. These are a, they're a serious side. And if they've got, and I've noticed it over the duration of the tournament that they've got a real, real togetherness. That's you know the way that they play. I think it's because of the volume of white ball stuff that they play, and also probably going into the mentality of people, probably um, doubting them a little bit as well. I think they've really shown that. Yeah, you can have all these high profile names that Australia have and the Indias have, but at the end of the day, we've got eleven that are all going in that same direction with the same motivation. To, to, to succeed and show people, you know, we are a team to be reckoned with. And I think they can still qualify for the semi-finals, even though they lost yeah. today, isn't it? I think they just technically, yeah. because three spots are sealed now, so it's between them and New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, and Pakistan are still in the mix. Right. Now, I mean, what this must be doing for cricket in Afghanistan is absurd. Massive. Like, to yeah. think of, like, because they, they're producing so much talent. They're just churning it out. Yeah, I'd like to see what like the the youth levels of us Afghanistan cricket um, is like. It must be amazing. Yeah, it must be. It must be. And then you've got England who were uh, who were just you know fighting for that Champions Trophy spot. So nice to see that England are making the numbers up in this tournament. <laughs> well, I don't I don't think that England are going to qualify to the Champions Trophy. I think they've just got one more match, isn't it? So they're, they're yes. pretty much out. They're pretty much out. Yes. Yeah. Even if they get up to four points, that won't give them a chance, which, I mean, I, I honestly still don't think that England won't play in the championship. I still think that something will happen that allows an England to have some sort of outside qualification chance or extra teams added to the Champions Trophy, whatever it is. But Yeah, I know we touched on it. Yeah, we touched on it in, in, last, in the last pod about that and the commercial value and the it brings so who knows obviously but at the end of the day the table doesn't lie so wherever England finish will represent how they've come across in this World Cup and how they've played so if you know if that means they're missing out uh, of a champ uh, in the Champions Trophy then so be it because that's what unfortunately that's what, what they you know what we've deserved at the end of the day we've just not played good cricket we've not played smart cricket we've just not put it together at, at, at the right times and it's a, it is a real shame but you know that, that's cricket at the end of the day and we'll have to rebuild and people will have to go and take some ownership for the performances and, and figure out obviously how we bounce back for that from, from it because at the end of the day we've got to so I'm, I'm, I'm not too sad about that Jordan if I'm, if I'm going to say that myself I'm, I'm actually just having a little bit of a chuckle uh, with England now performing the way they've performed and well, it'd be interesting. they continue to perform that way for a bit longer because their next tour is of the West Indies. So That's what I mean. Yeah. Because the thing is as well, with, with this tour to the West Indies, you know, you boys have a massive point to prove. You'll be wanting to, to show straight away that, you know, this missing the World Cup and, 
and and all that sort of stuff. You'd be like, look, you know, let's go and put, you know, let's really go and hit home here against England. These are a fragile side. We can go and, you know, give them a real a real test. So I, they, they've got no respite. And the, the, if England then go to the West Indies and get turned over there, you know, it's a real a real situation to be in, to be honest with you. So I think, though, going back to the World Cup, I think that, um, I think obviously every time we've discussed it, India has been the standout team. I don't think anything's changed from that. I think they've got the key players are ticking at the right time now and everything. So they, I do think that they're going to take some stopping. Um, I thought Virat Kohli's knock uh, the weekend was, again, just absolutely class. And the fact that took him to join Sachin Tendulkar's record, didn't it? So that speaks volumes in its own right. Now let's, let's jump into that for a bit because... 49 ODI centuries. I mean, Sachin took, I think, 430-something games or innings, I'm not sure which one, to get to um, that mark where Virat's taken 277, I think. So, yeah. I mean, just just the ability to churn out runs after runs up year after yeah. year. And this is in keeping with, like, he had like a bad spell of like three, four years, not too long ago. Like when yeah. everyone was saying, everyone you know, was, like, yeah, yeah. Virat locked his mojo. You know, we've seen the best of Virat. You know, how much longer does he have? Yeah. And he, he's literally, he's got 500 and something runs in this World Cup. I think he's second leading run scorer or something like that. Yeah. But I think it's behind um, Quinton de Kamp, I think. It's, right. So yeah. To see how he's, he's turned it around and he's literally just come at the man, come at the hour, come at the man, like big stage, big performer. 49 audio centuries could have had two more ready for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plus the two that he does have. So yeah. potentially could have already had 51. And I'm not putting it past him to, you know, semi-final or a final. No. Um, so no. the 50th century breaks Hatchin's record. And again, I mean, you look at it in terms of big moment, big player, it was his 35th birthday. Um, yeah. Give himself... <laughs> A tied world record and instead of like what else can you ask of of the man you know so amazing player amazing career yeah. i sort yeah. of knew what he could be a long time ago when i oh, cast really? my mind back um to the 2008 under 19 world cup when we played right. against india in malaysia and the day before we were batting in the nets we couldn't touch our bowlers like the ball was like it wasn't even swinging it was just boomeranging sideways and the next day we play against India and Virat comes out in a floppy. Like he comes out in a cap. Right. And I literally just takes us apart. Like we were in the game until the 40th over. And he just, he starts hitting it further and further wow. and further and got a hundred and something in no time. And we were just like, that's different to any other. What can we do about that? Yeah, and they went on to win the World Cup. So I mean, we as as West Indians, especially guys that were in that team, like we sort of knew from a long time ago, like this this guy could be very special um, if nurtured correctly. And India did an amazing job with him, and he's done in turn an amazing job for the nation. Yeah, definitely. I think I think to to be honest with you, looking at how it's going to go, I there's something that could be written in the stars that he goes and breaks that record in, like you said, in the semi or the final, which would be a fitting, a fitting, you know, a fitting way for him to sort of break that record, really. Um, 
I, I want to ask you something here. So you touched on him having this little drought or this rough period, of, you know, four or five years ago. How how important do you think that is to him? Even though at the time he said 30, 31, to now he is at 35. How important would that be for that period, the next, sorry, this current period of time now, where he sort of had that dip in form, you know, a mature period or what people would say at his peak? How much of an impact would that have had on him now and giving that sort of mental resilience to, to you know, to, to really take him again to that next next sort of phase of his career? Well, I think it's invaluable because, I mean, someone like Virat, you'd think he's been through everything yeah. that there is to go through in cricket, and then he goes through something like that. So this may sound like the stupidest thing I've ever said, but like he's not going to take anything for granted. And this is yeah. a man with 13,000 ODI runs and like yeah. how much ever thousands of international runs, but he's literally grinding out every single opportunity now because he knows that he had a bad spell, yeah. which for most people, I mean, his career, if you parked the bus then, his career was yeah, an awesome, great career yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. And for him to sort of, in my opinion, just have the mindset of, okay, I'm going to make up for all the lost time. It's a scary place to be for bowlers because yeah. you've got Shubman Gill and Roy Sharma opening the batting. And you're talking about Shubman Gill averaging 60-odd, 70-odd in one-day cricket just burst onto the scene. Yeah. And Rohit Sharma, a man with three double centuries in one international cricket, he can literally end your career, much less a game on his own, as a quote. And you've got Virat Kohli following that. Like, it's yeah. it's it's colossal. Like, and they've, they've managed to stitch together unbelievable partnerships. But, like, what Virat has done on his own, like batting first, chasing yeah. at that home, is. away from home, literally, it's just, he's just a machine. And the way he, he lives his life as well, you can see on his socials as well, like, his dedication to... Yeah his fitness, his dedication to his diet. You know, he doesn't he doesn't cheat himself, he doesn't cheat the game. And so yeah. He gets everything back tenfold and you just you have to appreciate it because, you know, for as as fans, even as players, as opponents, like we sort of take these players for granted, um, thinking that, you know, it's just gonna carry on forever. But everyone has an end date and I'm pretty sure we're not gonna see another Virat Kohli. We will see somebody else that does special things, but, you know, we have to take these things in and appreciate what we're seeing now because he will be truly missed whenever he does um, start playing cricket. Yeah, I think that with with Kohli, he, he, as a as a batter, he's, he's got everything about him. But one thing that I'd like to add about Kohli is he's got a, re- he's a real character and he's a real yeah. personality of the game. Um, his passion, his desire... You know, yeah, it's been questioned over you know a few incidents that he's had here and there, but I think ultimately he just has that sheer desire of will to win. Yeah, you, you know when you when you align that with someone's ability that he has, it's 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 you know there's it doesn't you know it's the fact that he's he's achieved everything he has is it's you know it's been fantastic and the fact that I'm just so amazed that you you know you coming across him when you you know he was eighteen nineteen in that World Cup you know. The fact that you've you seen him at that age, and then to see where he's gone to now is yeah, you know, it's a really good, really interesting story. That to be honest, it's actually crazy because 
I mean, if if I think of the guys that have come out of that under nineteen World Cup, you're talking about not just Virat. You've got Kane Williamson. You've yeah. got Steve Smith. St- well, Stokes, got, Stokes, Stokes played in that one, didn't he? I think he did. I'm not sure, but I think Joe Root played as well. Yeah. So you're talking about four of the best batters that have ever played yeah. in this game of cricket. Um, and so many other players as well that have gone on to do amazing stuff in in the game internationally and that are still doing it at this moment. So, no, like we we, we saw lots of special players yeah. from that from that age coming forward. Yeah, it's and it's it's fantastic to see as well that that you know at eighteen and the distractions that you have in life at that age. Yeah, and you know, and you know, we're talking before about sports and NFL and NBA. That period of time in your life at eighteen, nineteen, you've got all these different distractions and stuff, um, and to to then maintain it, but not only just maintain it, then to go through the roof performance wise. It's yeah. it's a real credit to each individual who does that at eighteen because sometimes in their life they may think they've they, they, you know they've reached the top of the mountain. They're representing the country at nineteen in a World Cup, and it's like, yeah, well done, thank you, thanks, yeah, I've done it, I've done it. You go, prob- you know, back to your mates and you're this local hero as such. And these names you mentioned, it's like that's literally that's it. It's just the start of it. We haven't, you know, we've not reached anything yet. We go again and we practice and we work hard and we graph. And that's why they achieved everything they've achieved because when they men- when they did play in that World Cup in the in the nineteens, it was you know, it was just the start of a massive chapter. So um there was a bit of an incident yesterday in the World Cup, a bit of an incident, um, with Angelo Matthews. What was your take on that? Well I have to say I'm I'm obviously very biased. Um <laughs> Speaking from the standpoint of being married to a Sri Lankan who was <laughs> absolutely fuming oh, when it happened, I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think it was absolute nonsense. Um, yeah. What happened yesterday? When I mean, someone's helmet strap broke, and you're gonna give him out, timed out, which is the first thing that's ever happened in the history of international cricket. Yeah. No, I mean the the. The laws of the game are there as guidelines, but they can't be just hard, staunch rules that, you know, you literally, it's it's black or white. There's always a gray area. There's yeah. always some sort of room for leeway. And I think definitely the ICC have to sort of look at, look at those rules because you're talking about we're living in, a day and time now where there's lots of stuff around concussions and 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 player safety, player health, yeah, etc. Yeah. So if Angelo Matthews just decides, screw it, I'm gonna face up. He gets he gets hit, helmet and the helmet comes off. There's yeah. there's a whole another issue yeah. that could like be born from that situation. So the ICC definitely need to sort of have a look at, at what happened there because that, that should never be allowed to happen. I mean, no. it's not it's not as if he was just standing there messing about, you know, intentionally not taking strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and apparently he still sort of had five seconds left um, based on the time that he went out um, and the time when his strap broke to sort of take to yeah. take guard. Yeah. Well, not take guard because I think he took guard, like to face up and face his first slavery. Right. Um, so... 
I mean, there definitely needed to be some leeway. Um, the Bangladeshis did what they thought was in their best interests. Um, they thought that best served them. And yeah. As we saw, the rules of the game and the officials of the game allowed it to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, they got away with it, but I definitely think it was absolute nonsense. Yeah, I was just a bit disappointed from Shakib Alassane. So I, I just wouldn't have, I would have done everything in, as if I was the captain of the Bangladesh. I had to do everything in my power just to make sure that, yeah, you know, there was not an incident. It doesn't need to be like that. Like you said, the player safety aspect to it, you know, his helmet's broken. He's not, he's not there taking, you know, he's not trying to use it to his advantage in any way or it, it's just, situation his helmet's broken replace it let's go let's go and play the game of cricket and there's obviously more more talk of the spirit of the game stuff and obviously everything that happened in the summer with with Bearstow and things but I just think that sometimes it's just a case of you know common sense let's just let's just come in here let's go and play the game of cricket that we all love and the winner will be the winner. The best team will win. We don't need to bring in any of these issues of, of timing out. It's just a shame, really. I think it's overshadowed it. And that's why I'm really glad that today happened with Maxwell because it's completely overshadowed what happened yesterday. You know, someone's high-quality, top performance is being talked about now by, obviously, me and you on here and all over the news. That is what we want to see cricket being represented the importance of somebody, a skill set like that, has gone and done what they've done, and it's overshadowed what happened yesterday. I think it's really important. I think it's important what happened today, but I I don't think that it should overshadow yesterday because I think things like yesterday sort of highlight, you know, the 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 frailties or the lack of flexibility in cricket. You know, we we yeah. need to sort of iron those things out so that yeah. we can allow for days like today yeah. to happen yeah, more I get often. That. Because, I mean, you think of it, we we don't know. I mean, Angela Matthews could have gotten out first ball yesterday anyway. Yeah. But he could have played, obviously not what Maxwell did, given the amount of time that he would have had to bat, but he could have played an innings that would have completely um, revolutionized Sri Lanka's performance as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we can only sit here and say, as cricket lovers and cricket fans, being completely impartial at the moment, we were robbed. We were robbed of an opportunity to yeah. see back-to-back days of great individual performances as opposed to just Maxwell. And I think that this World Cup has been an amazing World Cup. Like the performances that we've seen across the board, look at things like Scotland, etc. I'm sorry, not Scotland, the Netherlands, sorry. Um, And the way that they've performed, potentially having clinched a Champions Trophy berth already. You know, and you look at things like that and the way that cricket is, is growing and like, as I said, you, you think about it, you've got like the West Indies, Ireland, Zimbabwe, these teams are not even at the World Cup. You know, these are teams that, as we've seen in this World Cup, like they're teams that can beat anybody on yeah. any given day. So yeah. the way that cricket is going and growing, um, again, with the likes of Saudi trying to buy stake in the IPL, we need to iron out these little frailties in the game because us as cricket lovers understand these things about the game. The game is growing at such a pace where we're going into the Olympics. The game is going into new markets. We need to not make it a turnoff for people in new markets that don't necessarily understand the finer intricacies of the sport and 
just see someone walk out and walk back off without having faced the ball. How do you explain that to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. How do you yeah. explain that? His helmet broke, so he got. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. You know? Do you know what? It's a very, very, very fair point you just made there. It really is. Like you said, with these new markets and and people looking at investing in cricket and the direction in which it's going in, how would they explain that to somebody in a business meeting to say, well, okay, right. talk, us, talk us through what's just happened there. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a very, very fair point. Like I said, you know, these these do need dining out for, for cricket as a sport to go to that. You know, next next level that we all really badly wanted to go to. So, um, so obviously you've just been training today. Um, how's that going, and how's the preparation going for the uh, semi final? The weather has been absolutely atrocious. Um, it's been it's been pouring down pretty much all tournament. But I think we've actually been one of the lucky teams. Yeah, uh, where we haven't really had too much interruption from rain but our practice sessions have been severely impacted right. fortunately enough we were able to use the indoor facility this afternoon um and still get some stuff done it's still it's still raining at the moment right. um but not all the guys are, are geared up um and ready for the semi-final like we, we we came here with one goal in mind we, we all aligned on what we needed to do what sacrifices we needed to make um, as individuals for the betterment of the team. Yeah. Uh, and you can see that in the way that the Leeward Islands have played. You know, I've, I've constantly said that I think that as as a team in this tournament, I think that we have the best bowling unit. Um, we have so many different options. And so if if our batting can put good enough scores on the board, I think it would be impossible to beat. And that's pretty much been proven to be the case more times than not. So um, no, we're, we're really excited about where we are. Um, another solid day of preparation tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to our semifinals on, on Thursday. No, yeah. So have you managed to, have you managed to, um, how does it work with obviously all the teams being there? Do you have to share the facility? Does it have to have a set times to practice and one team to practice after you? Or how does it sort of work? Um, so they, they had, Multiple practice facilities, obviously, with eight teams being here, but the yeah, teams yeah, that yeah. have been knocked out um, have already left. Um, those right. guys have already gone back home, so it's it's a lot easier now to sort of split um, two venues amongst four teams. It's literally right. just morning slot and an afternoon slot for right, okay. And then obviously tomorrow with the semi final, the first semi final taking place, um, it's even easier because it's just two teams that are going to be practicing tomorrow. Us and Barbados, yeah. Um, just a morning slot and an afternoon slot. So yeah, a lot better now. Guys have a lot more time um, to sort of prepare. There's no yeah. rush in terms of you've sort of got to stick to a two-hour window because another team is coming in. Yeah, um, you can, you can sort of extend your your hit um, once once the weather permits and and use indoor outdoor and and get what what you need. So yeah. And how um, how's the weather looking for Thursday? Is is, is the forecast looking like it could be okay? Uh well, this is the rainy season, so you you, you never really know in the Caribbean. I mean, yeah. Sometimes they say sometimes they say it's going to be a thunderstorm, and it's it's probably the hottest day on earth. So <laughs> we sort of just have to play it as you as you see it on the day. Um, Do you have any reserve dates for the semi final and the final? I don't think so. So I think it's a matter of who placed above who. If it's if it's a rainoff, unfortunately, and first place. 
fourth, which is Trinidad and Guyana tomorrow, and then third. So, yeah, right. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, your your opening partner's flying as well. So, and how how does that fit? How is that for you? You know, when like you obviously you and Justin have got a great partnership at the minute, and you know your partners, um, you know, in a rich vein of form. Does that sort of help you out a lot as well? Well, it's it's kind of a, a team decision um, conversation we had amongst senior senior management and players as well, obviously, because there was the whole thing around the point system. And obviously, we wanted to ensure that we qualified first and foremost before right. we did anything else. So um, being, being the more senior opener of the two, I had to play on a, a more attacking role and Justin would look to bat through the innings. Um, so, I mean, as you saw, I've had some some pretty crazy stats um, in the tournament, which has sort of um, allowed everyone to sort of ease into the innings a lot yeah. more. And Justin has done an amazing job yeah. of then just carrying through the the length of the innings and the lower order, um, just propping up and just, just contributions throughout. Um, but... Obviously, now being being sort of knockout stage, it's points are out the table. It's yeah, win or go home. Win so or hope, yeah, yeah. Sort of team plans may may change again, um, depending on on how we we find it may give us our best chance to win. So um, it'd be interesting to see what what we come up with. So what what happens now from a team perspective? Between do you have like a you've obviously trained. Um, earlier today, would you sort of have a bit of a, a strategy meeting or a tactic meeting to follow, or how does it sort of work? Well, I mean, we we have been playing pretty much on the same ground for for a few games now, and we right. have played Barbados on that ground as well. And I mean, it's it's no secrets at this point. You know, the tournament's been going for two and a half weeks. Yeah. They've seen us play. We've seen them play. We've played against them. Um, we know what their players are going to do. They know what our players are going to do. And it's just a yeah. matter of um, execution on the day, and that that sort of determines who who come out the winner. Um, I mean, it's at, at this point, it's it's no secret. I mean, it's not it's not as if everyone doesn't know who Shea Hope is. I mean, he, he does average fifteen international cricket, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's no secret there. But I mean, we still have to go and. I mean, execute our plans and obviously try and be patient and back back our plans. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm looking really looking forward to it, and I think that you know, may the best team win, um, both on Thursday and obviously in the final and things. But um, it's been great to catch up with you as always. Um, real, really enjoyed the insight, you know, from from you know the World Cup side of things and. You know, discussing briefly then obviously about the Super 50. So I'm sure we'll catch up next week and hopefully you will be a Super 50 champion if all goes to plan. Fingers crossed it will be the <laughs> first time. So um doing my utmost best to ensure that happens. Um, yeah. I'm just really looking forward to the next two games, really. Yeah, definitely. I just hope the weather the weather looks after you and, you, you know, you managed to, you know, you managed to get 100 overs worth of cricket in and stuff. So... We'll, uh, we'll touch base next week and there'll hopefully be a lot of a lot of things to discuss nonetheless. Perfect. Cheers, Jordan. It's Perfect. been great speaking with you again. Perfect. Thank you very much and hope you're all enjoying the podcast. I will speak to you all soon. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Power Play podcast, hosted by Kyron Powell and Jordan Shannon. 
We hope you enjoyed this immersive dive into the world of cricket and business, exploring the unique experiences and perspectives of players past and present, alongside those invaluable insights into intriguing business themes that transcend beyond the boundaries of sporting heroics. Be sure to set your reminders on your Alexa or Google Home device. Or we won't tell anyone if you still use those paper calendar things from a bygone era. Join us next time for more inspiring dialogue with scintillating minds on the Power Play podcast. <laughs>